Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. You know, I, uh, I'm really blessed to be here tonight. As I'm, I'm just going to follow the, the Lord tonight. Is that okay if I follow Him? You, you would expect that of your pastor, right? I felt like I needed to change what I was going to speak on tonight during worship. So, thank you, Lord. And so I want to I get something to you. I have shared this with you sometime past, but it just came up in my spirit again tonight. And uh, so we'll get into Jude next Wednesday, okay? Uh, and I've got a lot of great things to share from Jude. So I kind of had an argument with the Lord there for a little bit. Are you sure, God? Because this is really good. Uh, but, but the Lord has, uh, I like this, these kinds of moments because I realize that God has brought you here to give you something very specific tonight. He wants to meet you in a very specific way. This is an assignment from God, and I, I'm, I'm glad to deliver the message that He wants me to bring tonight. And so, uh, let's, let's take our Bibles, those of you on the computer, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading in verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to begin reading in verse 11. God is so good. And he himself, who is he himself? Huh? Jesus? That's a good guess. When you don't know, Jesus is a good guess. It reminds me of that little class of kids that were in vacation Bible school and the, 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 the Bible teacher, she, I mean, they're all just maybe first graders or so, and she says, okay, kids, who can tell me what is small and brown and, and has a furry tail and um, it climbs trees and collects nuts for the wintertime? This kid reluctantly and slowly raises his hand. He says, she says, yes, Billy. He says, teacher, that sounds like a squirrel, but I'm going to go ahead and say Jesus. <laughs> Good guess. And he himself, look at this, gave. Now, we know that God gave us Jesus. But you know, Jesus has come to give gifts too. The, the gift of his own blood, the gift of his own life. But he left us with something. Whenever he ascended up into heaven, he sat down at the Father's right hand. He dispersed gifts to us, the church. And for a great purpose, to experience His favor in a limitless way, to experience His power and His glory, His strength, His help in our lives. And so, verse 11 says, He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So Jesus has given us what we know as the fivefold ministry that's in operation today. I want you to hold up your hand for just a moment. I'll just give you a little demonstration, all right? The, the little finger represents the teacher gift, all right? It's the easiest finger to fit in the ear. Huh? And the teacher is to get words in your ears, to give you understanding 
of the Word, who highlights the details of the Word. Uh, this is the, the, the teacher is connected with and works in close proximity with the pastor finger, which is this one, the ring finger, okay? All right, this is, this is the ring of, co- the, the finger of covenant, isn't it? This is what that wedding band goes on. He's married to the church and washes the bride with the Word of God so that she'll become uh, greater. She'll know God in a greater way and experience Him and be empowered. He loves the church as His own body. Then there's the third finger, but we won't hold it up all by itself tonight. We'll just... And this finger represents the evangelist. It's the longest finger and reaches out to the world. The evangelist must work together with the prophet and the pastor. The second finger, or the index finger, represents the prophet. They are giving direction. Hmm? You know, when the prophet, we have prophets come to our church, and they'll give a very specific word from God, a very specific thing, and help direct our lives, help guide our lives in a greater way. Amen. Bring in the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, those kinds of things. And then the thumb, really the lowliest of them all. But yet, it is intimately connected to all the fingers to help them grip and to function. The, this represents the apostle, and it is a foundation to the working of the entire hand. And Jesus has given us this fivefold ministry as a gift, gifts to his people, to lead us and to guide us and to, to represent him in these five expressions. Let's look at verse 12. What's the reason? It tells us he's given us these gifts. What's the reason for the gifts now? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. All right? So we are here, the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, are here to equip the people of God, the church, for the work of the ministry. Hmm? I think for many years we had it backwards. Right? Well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to be doing the work. No, no, I equip the people for the work of the ministry. Come on, I need some better amens than that. I mean, we, this is, this is, Jesus has given these gifts to equip and empower the people for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. I love that. To build one another up. That's what we're here to do, to strengthen one another in our faith. Now, verse 13, and here's the ultimate end. Till we all come together or come to the unity of faith. Everybody say unity of faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. All right, it's not just the knowledge of God, it's the knowledge of the Son of God. Everybody say understanding of family. All right, the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure, now this is a mouthful right here, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Say this with me, the ultimate of fullness, <laughs> right? This is the ultimate end. So we have the, the unity of faith, the understanding of family, and the ultimate of fullness. And this happens through these gifts being expressed into the earth, specifically the body of Christ. And I love working with these different gifts. My dad obviously has an apostolic gift. He, is over, he oversees pastor and he, pastors, and he's done that for years and helped put people in churches and, 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 and build churches and start churches, and a little bit of that's trickled down on me. But 
Then, then there's, then there's uh, I love the pastoral ministry. The pastors are the guys. <laughs> I, I remember when, uh, when we started our, our Spanish church in Dallas with Pastor Chris Quinones, and his first Sunday was so exciting. His parents drove in from El Paso, and, and they had 50 people at their first service, right? I mean, it was exciting. And they had uh, an all-Spanish band, and these guys were awesome musicians. And man, they, man. Worshiping in Spanish is just a whole nother level, but it's awesome. Even though I, I don't understand what they're saying, but I'm just going, yeah, I agree with what they're doing. This, this feels right. Hey, Zeus, I, I, okay, I understand that one. But so he's all excited. So the next Sunday, uh, we were traveling somewhere. Where were we, hon? We were on the road somewhere, ministering somewhere, and, and Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Chris calls me. And he's completely deflated. I mean, he's like, Pastor Eric, I said, what's up, man? How'd it go? And he said, there's like half the people here this Sunday that were there last Sunday. I said, oh, welcome to Second Sunday, Chris. (laughs) Everybody's all excited about the beginning. I said, but the pastor has to keep coming, right? I mean, the evangelist can just blow in town and get everybody saved and then leave, right? But the pastor is the one who continues to gather them, gather them and teach them and love them and care for them and counsel them and pray with them. It's a very special gift. It's not near as glorious as some of these other gifts that the Lord has given this church. And yet, I think it's the most fulfilling. That's my personal opinion, maybe because I'm a pastor. But I love watching these gifts, these different gifts expressed in the church. We love our our prophets, right? When they come in, we have a prophetic conference. I mean, that, that, that's, I think that's one of the greatest things our church does as a whole, that we get to experience together. Yeah. And when I was in, when Alex and I were in, were in Africa uh, with Aaron Perry, and Aaron Perry definitely is gifted with evangelism. And uh, this is where you have to lay your ego aside a bit and remember that it's about Jesus. Because uh, I, I am a better preacher than this kid, all right? <laughs> I taught him how to preach. And so I'm up there preaching my guts out, right, the first night. And I feel like I have given Uganda everything I had in one night. And we had a good, we had a good, a good response. I mean, I think that first night we had 53 people come to Christ. It's awesome. The next night, Aaron gets up there, and he just kind of, he doesn't even get on, he gets off of his notes, and he's kind of him hawing around. He preaches for like, 15 minutes, wasn't it, Alex? Like, it was a very short sermon, and it was pretty good. And I'm thinking kind of like a homiletics professor at this point. I need to help him with this and help him with this. And so he, 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 he calls for people to come to Christ. 129 people come up. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? It's the gift. Are you hearing me? It's the gift. And evangelists, just, they just know how to win people to Jesus because that's what's on them. It's what's in them. I mean, they can, they can spit and people respond to an altar call. It's extraordinary. I'm amazed at, at how the Lord expresses himself in these things. And then the teacher, we love the word of God and love it being expounded upon. I mean, they have the responsibility to rightly divide the word of truth, right? And, and the point of this is, one of the things is that till we all come to the unity of faith. Say the unity of faith. In uh, 1998, Hurricane Mitch devastated Honduras. 
Anybody remember that at all? That uh, especially the city of Chalateca. And Chalateca had this, this, it sits on the Chalateca River. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right, but you'll have to forgive me. And um, it sits on, on that river. Well, when this rain came in, when this hurricane came in, it rained 75 inches of rain in four days. 150 bridges plus other infrastructures were completely wiped out. Except this one bridge called the Chalateca Bridge, which spanned the Chalateca River, and, and it, was a, a, it was a road that led people into the city. Beautiful. And it was a gift that had been given them, to them from the nation of Japan. And it was made with the best steel of that time, the latest technology. And the Chalateca Bridge wasn't even scratched by this thing. It's extraordinary. But both roads leading up to the bridge were washed out. So there it stood, and as if that's not bad enough, the, really the more significant thing that happened was this Chalateca River that's hundreds of feet wide, because of the force of the winds and the water that were going through there, it rerouted around the bridge, no longer to flow under that beautiful structure. And now the bridge just spanned dry land with no roads connecting to either side, and it became known as the bridge to nowhere. You know, we have churches that are, we have impressive buildings all over the world. When Alex and I were in Frankfurt, Germany for a day on our way to Africa, we saw some beautiful cathedrals, didn't we? I mean, just marvelous architecture. And, and, and these places are full of, of, of men and women who are unified in man-made creeds and man-made doctrines. And but the problem with that is when you lock yourself into denominational thinking, to man-made creeds and doctrines, then, then what unifies you in one way divides you in so many other ways. But the unit of, unity of faith is known not through men working and striving to find common ground, but through these expressions called the fivefold ministry these gifts from Jesus to His church. And without the unity of faith, my family, we are simply a bridge to nowhere. But yeah. this has caused us, what Jesus has, has, has brought to us in these gifts makes us powerful and relevant in this world. Yeah. What's the Scripture say? One can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand. How many can three do? Four. I love this. When we come together, come to the unity of faith. And, and the next thought is, verse 13, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The understanding of family, that we are not employees in a kingdom. We are children. He gave us the right to become children of God. As many as received Him, to them He gave the right, or that word literally means the authority to become the sons of God, as many as would believe on His name. That brought us right into a wonderful family. You need to understand that aspect of the church, the understanding of family. We understand the Son because here's the thing. There are a lot of people in this world asking this question, who am I? But for a believer, that, that, thing's, that, ans that question is answered once and for all. Because you don't need to be concerned as a believer is, who am I? No, you need to know who Jesus is. Because when you know who Jesus is, you'll find out who you are. Yeah. 
because you're just like Him. You're just like Him in the Spirit. You're just like Him. John said it like this, as He is. Come on. So are we in this world. You look just like Him. You're just as much a son of God as Jesus Christ Himself. Woo! That's good news. Got to have that awareness, that understanding of family. I had this student that graduated uh, this past semester. His name is Ricky. And Ricky told the story about his upbringing. He was... Um, raised in a really rough area in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona, as a matter of fact, and he was on the ghetto side of the city, and his, both of his parents were gang members, and so he said, you know, life in the ghetto is always on the move. You're not staying in one place. You don't ever get settled. You don't ever find security. You're just moving about, moving about all the time, and he said, and there were several times that I went hungry for, you know, some days, and he said, because my parents, they were out doing what they were doing. They were on drugs. You know, they were out doing stuff, you know, that gangs do. And, and, and so basically, he said, I had to take it upon myself as a four-year-old kid to start watching after my two-year-old sister. And he said, I had to start uh, scavenging for food, anywhere I could find food, canned good here somewhere. And he said, we had this porch in our latest house that, that was that was." kind of high, and he said, so I, I had access to get under that porch, and I would start storing, like, food under there, so that I knew, because I didn't know where my next meal was coming from, so he took it upon himself to take care of him and little, his little sister, and so to get something in their bellies. Well, some time went by, and lo and behold, this church bus shows up in their neighborhood one day, and this white woman gets off the bus. He said she stood out because we didn't see many of them where we were. And she's got these Christmas presents in her hands because it's a Christmas time. And she comes to little Ricky and his sister, and she gives them these Christmas gifts. And he's, he's blown away by this. He says, what is this, what is this about? She said, well, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and, and uh, prayed over them and, and then left. And it was just like, wow, okay. Well, here every few weeks or so, she'd show back up, and she would come and check on them, and maybe she'd buy them some food. The next Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving rolls around, and she brings them an entire Thanksgiving feast. Turkey, ham, all the pies you could imagine, the stuffing. I mean, they just feasted. But she was just so mysterious to them. And then the next Christmas, sure enough, she brought them gifts again. And then one day, she asked them, after she had just spent some time showing them that she loved them, that she cared for them, and she invited them to church. And they went. And... What was cool about going to church was they got a free meal at church, too. And they heard the gospel, and this woman got her heart full of this little boy and his little sister. And so she went and asked her husband if they could adopt these kids. And uh, he said, sure. And they worked it out. And they brought little Ricky and his sister to their home. Now, this was no ordinary home. These people had quite a bit of money. And so when she brought him into the house, he was just blown away by this place. And they sat down and they had a, a dinner together that night to celebrate them all coming together as a family. And, and, and Ricky said, I'm sitting there thinking, how long is this going to last? But I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Think about that. As a four or five-year-old kid, maybe he's five years old at this point, thinking like that. No kid should ever have to think like that. Then she takes him upstairs, her and her husband take him upstairs, and, and they open the door to this room, and, she, and they tell him, Ricky, this is your room. 
And he looks around and he sees all these toys and they're all brand new. And he can't believe it. He just can't believe it. He feels like he's dreaming. And, and, and in here a little bit, they get him settled down into bed and, and the mom and dad go, go to bed. And, and Ricky laid there awake, kind of just awestruck by this whole experience. But he also had another thought in his mind. And that is to wait till they went to sleep. So he laid there long enough thinking that he was safe now to get up. And sure enough, they were asleep and he got up and he went downstairs to the kitchen and he started opening cabinet doors and grabbing canned goods. And he took them up to his room and he put them under his bed. The next morning, his mother calls him downstairs. And he walks down there and she says, uh, Ricky? And he says, yes, ma'am. He says, did you take some food out of the cabinet, son? And he just hung his head in shame, and he thought, well, it's over now for sure. And he said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, where is it? It's upstairs under the bed. Well, let's go get it. So she goes upstairs with him, and they retrieve all the food that he got from under the bed and take it back downstairs. And she brings him in the middle of the kitchen and makes him stand there as she starts putting the food back. She's opening the cabinet, putting some canned goods. And he said something interesting happened. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm so ashamed of myself and I'm afraid about the consequence. He said, but she would put something in the cabinet and then leave the door open. And then she would open another cabinet and put some more food away and leave the door open. And he said, then she walked over to the refrigerator and the freezer and she opened up both of the doors. And he said, before long, every cabinet was open in the room. And he said, I couldn't figure out what was going on. He said, and then she walked over to me, and I thought, well, here it comes. And he said, and then she knelt down and got eye level with me. She said, Ricky, you are my son. Everything in this house is yours. You don't have to steal what is already your son. And this is yours for the rest of your life. And that did something in little Ricky Baker. He, for the first time, understood what family was really about. And I was really happy to see him graduate this past May from Christ for the Nations and move, go back home to take over his dad's ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, the Scripture says, You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, not great God of the cosmos, huh? Abba, Father! Not Almighty Judge. Is He those things? Yeah, but He's Abba, Father! Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you get on this road, you go my way, I'm taking you to the Father. Listen, everybody else outside of Jesus is going to God, but they're going to God the Judge. But only those who get on that road that leads to everlasting life, the road that Jesus paved for us, hallelujah, He'll take us right into a right relationship with God Almighty as our Father. It's the understanding of family we get through Jesus Christ. Not because we earned it. God didn't owe us. He just loved us. And the knowledge of His Son gives us the understanding of this God who is our Father. And I love that He's not the only begotten Son of God any longer. Now Jesus Christ is the firstborn among many brethren. Praise God. Does that encourage you tonight? Amen. Let's look at something else, this verse, latter part of verse 13. 
to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ultimate, the ultimate of fullness. How full do you want to be? Because it sounds like he's going to fill you up huh? to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, what does that even mean? I don't know, but let's get started. Hmm? That sounds, I want that. That sounds really cool. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I, I get, I think, a, a, a small picture of this. And I want to just encourage all of you. My wife's going to be mad at me right now. To just, maybe just get a glimpse into it by going to an all-you-can-eat establishment. These places are sent from God. I'm serious. Let Let me prove it to you from the Scriptures. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? Hmm? And the Scripture says that He distributed the, the bread and the fish, you know, and they just kept multiplying, kept multiplying. And then it says He gave them what they wanted. He gave them as much as they wanted. Jesus didn't say, now everybody gets two rolls and one piece of fish. We got a lot of people to feed here today. Hmm? He gave them as much as they wanted. Filled them all up. But there's some real there's some key things about can I go I gotta go back to the buffet. There's some key things about this that I find really reflect the church and our relationship with God. Number one, when you walk into an all-you-can-eat establishment, I like going in there because I realize nobody's judging anybody in this place, right? It's a judge-free zone. We're all here for the same reason, to stuff ourselves to the gills, right? And to eat it as quickly as possible so that we can get as many plates in as possible so that we can get our money's worth. That's what Heather tells me anyway. That's, that... It's a wonderful place. And, and here's the thing. What, what it says is you're in charge here. The people in the kitchen, they're not going to determine your portion. It's a portion-free zone. You're in, you get to determine your portion. It's judge-free. It's portion-free. And this is my favorite part. They do have one rule. What's the one rule at the all-you-can-eat? Clean plate. And I like that rule. Because the clean plate... When you walk up there and you get a new plate, it's like, I just got here. The past is over. It's a brand new start. Huh? It's a new beginning all the time. Come on. Can you feel the Spirit of God all over that? Huh? I love, that's what I love about the house of God. That's what I love about this church. It's a judge-free zone because here's the thing. We all need the forgiveness of God. We're all here for the same reason. We are all depending on Jesus. We're all walking by faith. Amen. And we all love God and we want to experience His love in our lives. We all want to grow in the grace of God. So there's, there's no finger pointing here. There was a band years ago, a Christian punk band called Nobody Special, and they had this song called, Point Your Finger at Me and I'll Bite It Off. <laughs> let's, let's do that for worship Sunday. Amen. <laughs> 
something or a pointer? I'll have to sing it for you sometime. Anyway. But I don't know about Sunday. But, but through God's unearned favor, we're all invited to participate in the ultimate of fullness. Measure of the stature of the full. Hey, and it's a portion free place because his name is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. And the scripture says he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Wow. Hmm? The scripture says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thank you, Lord. He's an endless supply. He's able to make all grace abound to you so that you have all sufficiency in all things and you have an abundance for every good work. What a glorious experience it is to be in the church, to be a member of the body of Christ so that till we all come and we learn from these gifts and we hear these different expressions given by Jesus to the church till we all come to the unity of faith, till we all come to the understanding of family and to the ultimate of fullness. Can we pray for just a moment? Father, thank you for this time together in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. Father, it's so much more than we have words for. As that old hymn, How Great Thou Art, goes, and when I think that God, His Son not sparing, hmm, He gave His Son I scarce can take it in. What a love. Thank you, God, for loving us despite our failures and our faults and our weaknesses. You loved us anyway with an unconditional love. And you demonstrated that love that when we were weak in sin, when we were even, as it were, shaking our fists at heaven in defiance, you loved us anyway. And you gave us your son. And thank you that you've brought us into this body called the church, the body of Christ. And Lord, we are here to see that your name is glorified in the earth. We are here to, to, to share your love with those that we come in contact with. Thank you for the office of, the gift of the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher and the apostle. For what you're doing through those gifts in the earth, God. So that we can all be unified in faith, God. We can experience what it means to be full. To understand what it means to be complete in Him. To really know what it is to be part of this family. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Last night I was preaching in Raton, New Mexico. And, uh, you know, I got there, been going out there the last four years. Preach under a, uh, we have some friends who are ranchers and cowboys out there, and they set up a tent and do a tent revival every year. And so uh, this is, I think it was our fourth year to go. Went out there with Dylan. I left him out there because he wanted to play cowboys. So my brother called me today. He goes, you'd be proud of Dylan. He said, man, he said, we, we're all horseback, and we, we had to go gather some stray strays. Uh, we had like four strays that we had to get, you know, back into the herd. And he said, one of them, man, she was really being difficult with, with the, the foreman, and he was on a four-wheeler, and that cow went over and head-butted that, that four-wheeler and knocked him off of the four-wheeler. 
He said, man, your son Dylan was on horseback and he sprang into action. He went over and cut that calf out of that cow out of the way real quick and just got her right back in the herd. I'm like, that's my boy. That's my boy. But I was, after our meeting last night, uh, the pastor's wife, her name is Sarah, she comes up to me and she's like, I love when we gather together. She said, you know, we only get to see you once, maybe twice a year. She said, but, you know, then there's people we see all the time. But she said, but what's so cool about this is that we are going someday to be together forever and ever and ever. And one part of me was creeped out, but the other part was real excited. <laughs> I mean, look around you. For the, forever and ever and ever. Just look around. Get used to them. Forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> uh, praise God. Isn't that wonderful? So we get a little piece of heaven right here, what, what we're going to experience. And by the way, let me just maybe help, help some of you tonight. Heaven's not just one long church service, okay? I used, to think, I used to think it was like, how long can we do that? I mean, really? Uh, we have no clue. We just have no clue what's in store for us. But the Scripture says He's going to, in the ages to come, continue to unfold the riches of His grace to us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, are you glad you came tonight? Yeah. I hope this has encouraged you and built you up and blessed you, because that's the point. Amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Can we, let's just lift our hands to the Lord for just a moment. You remember we talked about that sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name? And David talked about a, a, a sacrifice of lifting of, of our hands. It's a sweet smell to our God. Thank you, Lord. It's a sweet aroma. Also, when we lift our hands, not only are we, are we reaching up to Him to bless Him, but we're also with our hands up Surrendering ourselves to Him. If you would, just in your own words, just tonight, just again tonight, just surrender to Him. As Heather started this thing off tonight, talking about surrendering those things to God, letting Him in, letting Him show you what He can do. Really just fully surrendering where I surrender. Thank you, Lord. We surrender to you. We bless you. Thank you, God, that you have our good in mind all the time. That God is on our side. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That you're not an angry God. Oh, no, you're a satisfied God. You are a joyful God who takes delight in his people because of his son. All of your wrath was poured out on your son for us so that we could experience your unearned favor. Your love and your grace and your peace and your joy. And we bask in that in this moment right now and say thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us to be a part of this great family. In Jesus' mighty name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.